ride with me in my foul life. So you're still married? Still married. Did anything change? Um, I get yelled at a little bit more. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no. No, it's about the same as before. Tell you the honest truth. Yelled at? What the heck would she yell at Andrew for? Working too much. Things busy? Yeah. Yeah, we're up to... We got that new kennel done, so we're at 40 dogs now, and it's it's full. It's full right now? Yeah, we just had a new group check-in last weekend, so the old ones are gone, and we started a new one now. But a lot of obedience dogs this class. We usually slow up in the fall for hunting because everybody wants their dogs back. So we uh, we have a lot of obedience dogs, which is kind of nice. It frees me up a little bit more. Do you uh, Do you like the obedience part of training? Or do oh, yeah. you like to get, do you like getting more specialized? No, I mean, I like my duck hunting dogs. Them are probably my favorite, but obedience, that's just easy. And it's uh good money too. So it's super simple. So it's not no stress, no, none of that stuff revolves into it. So I like that a lot too. Can every dog, no matter the genetics, be taught how to have good manners and how to be obedient? Oh yeah. I've trained, we do have wiener dogs to Great Danes. Like right now we got a pit bull in here, an Aussie doodle, a golden retriever, um, a couple pit bulls actually, Moonsterlander, you kind of name it. What's a Moonsterlander? Moonsterlander is an upland dog actually, pointing dog, kind of like a wire hair or a long haired. It's a long haired pointer in a sense, like an Irish setter kind of, if you look at it like that. Are they ugly? It sounds like it'd be an ugly dog. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're longer hair. If you like your Irish setter looks, then yeah, they're kind of look identical to that. They're brown and gray. Um, yeah. so w- when you're training dogs and it and it starts to be this time of the year, you said you're full. Mm-hmm. Like, does it completely kill the rest of your? life as far as your hunting and your passion for that like are you hi- are you hiring trainers this is this is the dilemma that a lot of dog trainers fall into is it controls your life these are living animals you can't just be like hey i'm leaving for a week and nobody here to take care of the kennel when you add 40 dogs on let alone two dogs how are you going to stay active and busy as a duck hunter because i know you love to duck hunt oh yeah how, what's your plans for that now that you're growing the kennel more people Yep. Yeah, we got three three employees and, and Raylan's here full time too. So more people and um you know with that forty dogs though, that's a lot of boarding dogs as well too. So we do a lot of boarding. Like we just had ten boarding dogs here last weekend. So a lot of that is just boarding and those ones are pretty easy. You just let them out play with them and then they go back in um four times a day. But um yeah, I just have more people and like right now we, we got Riley going and Riley's uh you know, so we trained him in how to do all the obedience. So he's been doing all that. And then now starting on this past Monday, we're training him to do the, the force fetching or you retrieve the hand, all that stuff. Um, so that way, when I leave, the dogs can keep on getting trained, except, you know, like before I would have to work following Saturday, Sunday, and you know, you, you made up for it. You know what I mean? So when you're a dog kennel, I mean, it's like literally owning a dairy farm. I always tell everybody it's seven days a week. So you got to have somebody here to feed them, let them out whatever it takes. Um, so will you get to travel as much as you're used to traveling and hunt as much as you're used to hunting this fall and winter? 
Yeah. So we leave, um, just not as long. Like I can't go for like a week, but, um, like we're leaving, um, try to plan all my trips around the weekends. Um, so like we're going to lacrosse, Wisconsin next, we leave next for Thursday night and we're going to go duck hunting and come home on Monday. And then, um, then I go to Kansas and then I do, uh, we do the Nebraska, Wyoming, same place you go, but I go with Bob Walker at wild Nebraska. I don't hunt there, but I hunt with Bob. Why, why don't you hunt there? Is he not I, working that time of year? He, yeah. Bob just takes off a few days to hunt with us. And then we just go find our own stuff and, and hunt. I love they it. Us, there. They, usually, they usually have it full of clients, so it's hard to get in. Yeah. We're going back there in December. Oh, really? That place is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We have, a, a, this will be my fourth year going out there. I think. Where, where, where are you hunting in Kansas? Oh, uh, Bell Plain. I go with Garrett. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, he used to work with Mitch. Used to. Yep, not anymore. Is he out on his own now? No, he works for Coca-Cola. He was a mechanic there. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, we were just buddy hunts. That's all this is. All buddies out hunts. Um, so give me a little bit of insight on this Wisconsin hunt. Are you have you done this before? Is it has it paid off? Nope. No, uh, we have a customer that lives out there. And, um, he has one of our personal dogs out there with him hunting. And, um, so he goes, Hey, my buddies have a VRBO. So we rented that out and then, uh, we're just going to go try it out. Just something different. And it's close to home. It's only like two and a half hours away. Mainly ducks. Try to. Yep. What is the, uh, what is the application up there? Is it a lot of water hunting or is it dry field river. in Wisconsin? Yep. River. We're going to, we're going to go on the river. Which river? Mississippi. Really? Yep. That'll be kind of cool. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to try to anyways. Um, the only thing that he said that stinks about it is uh, it's pretty mucky. Really? Uh, you work for it. Yep. Soft bottom, huh? Yep. Soft, soft bottom. He goes, you sink up to your your waist and muck, but he goes, we, we kill them, so... And in Wisconsin, I feel like there's not a lot of duck hunter. I mean, there is, but they're, I think they're a lot of focus on their deer hunting. Oh yeah. 660,000 yeah. deer hunters yeah. are, will be out there on opening day rifle in November. Right. Yeah. That's why I was kind of curious. I was like, um, if there's a lot of duck hunters out there or not, cause my, one of our customers, he said, he goes, man, we don't really have pressure. He goes, there's duck hunters, but not, not like around here in Minnesota. I mean, everywhere you go opening day, there was 19 boats out on the lake, right, right down the road here really mm -hmm. but after like like come now like probably this coming up weekend once it gets cold out they're all done so i pretty much am just getting started i don't i like to hunt when it's cold is there good duck and goose hunting in minnesota the last couple of years no um honestly right now we're so dry it is all of our potholes our pond that we have we call it crochucks pond that's bone dry. Everything is bone dry. All of our like cricks, rivers, whatever you want to call them, um, are all bone dry. Uh, so it's pretty tough. And like in Minnesota, you have to, when you anchor your boat, you have to be able to touch vegetation. So you, we have to drag the boats like, you know, 20 yards up on the shore. It's not fun. And some, some lakes, we can't even get the boats off the trailer because they're so, so shallow. So will this Wisconsin trip be your first waterfowl hunt of the year? No, we've, we've gone around home here. Any luck? Nah, just, you know, shoot one or two here a day. Really? 
Yep. Not ducks or geese. Well, we try for both. Yep. It's uh, not good. Yes. Last night I went scouting for two hours and in the, where I went, I seen 13 geese and one duck. No way. Yeah. It's, but it's still warm in Canada. I think it's just starting to get colder from what I heard and they're crushing them in North Dakota right now or they were. So hopefully, hopefully they're coming. What, um, what dogs have you hunted with so far this year? Um, slash slash has been out a handful of times. Um, and then, um, a dog named Quill and then a dog named Knox and then a dog named Dubs. Dubs? Dubs. Yep. He's from Ireland. So we, we started that British, British breeding now. So we import them all from overseas. And, um, so we got Dubs, Quill and Vader all from Ireland, UK. Why do you want British labs? Well, because what I love about a British lab is they have a huge motor, but then they have an extremely huge off switch. And a lot of our clients like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a great hunting dog, but yet can be in a fantastic family dog. Um, they are a little bit more softer. You gotta be very careful. You know, you can't put hard pressure on them. Um, but just a natural talent they have, um, it, it's unbelievable. And they're not huge. They're kind of a, a little bit of smaller bread, like your 60 pound dog, um, which I really like. Um, there's more docile and they're, they're softer, but they had just, the, they launched in the water. I mean, our, our dog beta, I swear she's 15 feet in the air before she hits that pond. I mean, really? was, she's just a little pistol and, uh, they just have that huge, that huge, they can go in the field hundred miles an hour. And then as soon as you get in the truck or you get in the house, they just kill it. You know what I mean? They just hang out, chill. Or some of the Americans, there is a lot of on off switch American bread too, but um, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. I always say it on that kind of thing where some of them are great house pets, like our dog, Kai, I swear she's British cause she's in the house. She's amazing, but outside she's wild where, um, you know, another dog named Annie, there is no off switch yet with her. <laughs> she's just wide open. So does slash have that on off switch when he goes into the house? Slash? Is he chill? Oh, yeah. Slash, uh, he slept in the bed last night with us. Yeah, Slash is um, obsessed with the couch. So, like, usually, like, at nighttime, he'll sleep in the bed with us, and then um, kind of once we fall asleep, you'll hear him jump out, and he runs downstairs, and he sleeps on the couch. Slash is amazing in the house. You can leave him in there for 13 hours. He won't have an accident, nothing. He just hangs out. Is he amazing in the field yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got him doing probably not quite, but pretty close to a 400-yard blind. He does them, but you know, we still gotta, it's hard, you know, when you're 400 yards away from a dog, you're, you're like an ant to him. So still trying to really stretch him out there, but yeah, he's pretty solid. He don't break. He doesn't, he's awesome. Does he love it? Oh yeah. Yeah. He doesn't love it when um, there's not a lot of action. He's been, he's, he's found, he kind of curls up in a ball in the boat now and takes some naps. So I got to keep him alert sometimes, but uh, it's not his fault. It's just, we don't know, have the bird numbers. Like when I was going through high school, um, I mean, it would be easy for us to go out there and kill them in the ducks any day of the week. Now, I don't know the last couple of years, how it's been so dry here. I don't know what happened. Though. I think the migration is going more west or something, but we've had a tough last couple of years. Last year, we shot eight ducks in Minnesota total. Ouch. But, you know, you can go more north, um, but, uh, you know, get by the Minnesota River or, you know, kind of over in like Rochester area. That's still pretty decent. But that's, you know, that's an hour and a half drive for us in the morning. So it's a little tricky when you got to work too. Yeah, I could have, I've heard the same thing about Minnesota. Um, 
Don't you have a buddy there that has an outfitting service? Oh yeah, Max L. Graham. Yeah, absolutely. But same thing. It's uh, um, you know they're they're booked full. You know what I mean? So it's hard to you know I don't want to get in anybody's way or anything like that. So well, is yeah, he, I, my, my question was: Is he getting is he having success where he hunts out and outfits? Um, so I haven't really talked to him yet this year, but I know he's been spending a lot more time out in Wilmer, Minnesota. That's kind of way more west, and it's uh, they've been having a lot more a lot more luck out that way. I wonder if we should cut that part of the podcast out, Andrew. Are you going to get in trouble for saying that? Saying what? That where he's at, where he's oh. finding success. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Everybody knows where they're at over there. Wilmer is kind of a capital, just like Rochester. That's kind of that's good duck hunting and goose hunting over in that area. Is it really? Yep, and they have a lot. He has a lodge over there too. A lot of dry yeah. land ducks. Yeah, they mainly do dry land. Yep, and that's honestly that's how I always have been. But now I'm I'm really liking the water part of it. I've been coming more and more and more, loving that every every day. That uh, when I met that, you, weren't you mainly an upland guy? No, no, I've always been waterfall my whole life. I just guided upland hunting. Just because that was, um, you know, I can go run my dogs and and have a ton of fun. Um, but I mainly, I I never pheasant hunt for fun. I I only guided it, which was fun. Don't get me wrong, but um, I've always only guided pheasant hunting. Yeah, no, what? I've been I've been a waterfall since I was, well, since I was probably like eight. I think when my dad first took me out. My do uncle. you call? Do you call a lot? Yeah. Yep. Are you more proficient on a duck call or a goose call? No, I'm pretty decent at both. Yep. Do you have one right there? I want to hear it. No, I don't have one. They're all on the side by side. No, I blow all jargon. You got the wrecking ball and then um, I like um, the icebreaker. A little double read, huh? That, yep. that wrecking ball is a slick goose call, ain't it? Yep. Yep, and then, um, yeah, that's kind of what I – I love blowing them. That's all I have on my lanyard. And then one Tim Grounds goose call. Does she your wife like the waterfowl part of hunting? She likes the photography part of it. She goes out and hunts with us a lot, um, but she, uh, she'll she shoot the gun a couple times, and then she wants to shoot the camera. She really she, likes the picture part of it. Are you guys trying to up your game on the social media stuff over there at Wild yes. Acre? Yeah, that's what we're kind of – now that we're – you know, it has been hard because when you're first starting out the company, you know, you constantly are training dogs when you got tons of projects to keep, you know, building buildings and uh, putting on additions and land work. Like we just dug a new pond last year. So it's been so crazy with after work, you know, or after training dogs, it's uh, I go straight to projects till you can't see anymore. And um, so it's been tough, but now we kind of got things built and established, not hundred percent, but pretty close. So now we're really trying to, um, we're hoping to get more into the videos and recordings and, you know, day-to-day stuff that goes on here at Wild Acre Kennels here in the next year is kind of our goal, what we're leaning to. Do you, so as far as like the, the actual kennel life goes, is it something to where you can advance it and you have goals of more property, making it bigger, or you kind of spread out as much as you think you ever will be as far as the acreage goes and the, the footprint of your kennel? Oh no, we need to buy more land bad. Um, so we rent. So like right now I got on all of our training grounds, we have total probably that we rent is about 3000 acres. 
Um, but like I said, that's renting where um, we really want to buy this piece of property that's literally on the other side of our woods right here where I'm sitting right now. And um, it's a 14 acre little partial and uh, we want to put a big tech pond in there um, and then build a, then we'd keep the kennel here, but build ourselves a new house is kind of our dream right now. We'd build a house on them. Then we'd have our big training pond out there. Tech pond is what we call it, but. How, how, uh, how big does a tech pond need to be? Does it, it doesn't have to be real big, does it? No, no, no. You just want to have, um, land of water. So you want to be able to teach that dog to go through the water up on land, maybe through some water again, and then back up on land, grab a retrieve, and then take that same line back. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so you'll have little points coming out on a tech pond. Um, so you can do land to water transitions or land or water, land to water to land. Um, and then, but yeah, you do, you still want to get kind of a, a bigger swim too, for, you know, some of those long sail away birds, people that hunting a lake or something like that. Um, so you kind of want to have a design, but it doesn't need to be very wide or very long. You just kind of need, um, you know, I like the picture, like a nut, like a river kind of with points coming off of it in a sense. Um, so you can do land to water transition and then, um, go, you know, land to water, back to water, land to water, back to water again. So how deep does, do you want this kind of pond to be? They do not have to be deep at all. Just enough to make the dog swim. Um, but here I like to do a little bit deeper just to try to keep that blue green algae so I can have cold water in there. Um, so like our pond here, I got a well and we got aerators in there. So all summer long I'm pumping, we got three heads going, meaning like aerator heads to keep that cold water on the bottom pushed up and we're pump, we're pumping in, um, cold, fresh water, trying to keep that blue green algae out of your ponds. Yeah. And as far as the overall experience for a dog, do you want the water to be a, a a certain temperature? Let's take, obviously this time of year, you're going to have a hard time keeping water open. And even if you do, is it, does it get too cold to train the dog in the water? If you're using aerators and keeping it open, can you do a couple retrieves a day or do you try to keep them out of the water from now until winter? So kind of how it works here is um, like, like slash, for instance, I can throw him, I could keep that pond open all winter long and throw him retrieves and he'll go and get them. You know what I mean? But he's kind of an experienced older dog where when you got a seven, eight month old puppy or dog, I don't like to do them in the cold water because I've seen it where they got nervous or scared of it. So we like in Minnesota here come October 20th, um, 30th, somewhere right in there, we're done with water now for the most part. Done. So with, with all the training dogs, but like all of our more older experienced dogs, yeah, we'll, we'll keep swimming them like slash Kai dubs. Um, they swim, they were just swimming 20 minutes ago out in the pond when we let them out for lunch. So Do you, yeah, it's are cold. they, yeah, it's, uh, hunting them. In the cold water, we do that. Why do oh, yeah. you have to quit training them in the cold water if you don't really need to, or you just choose to, or does it lock up too tight that you don't keep it open? So that's that's what's hard is we do all of our training and programs. I mean, no, you can keep swimming your dog in colder water, um, but like here, you got a young dog that's never even seen water yet. You know what I mean? Where they haven't even been introduced to it. Where I don't want to introduce them into a cold water scenario. Uh, but no, you can keep swimming a dog. You can keep you know, they'll, they'll handle it. If they like swimming, yes, keep, keep them swimming. Um, but like here, um, our training is like in programs. So we started a class October 22nd and they'll go home December 16th. So by the time this group is done and we're doing that water training, it will be frozen up. So that's why we, we stop it. And then those dogs that we're training now will come back next summer 
And um, for two weeks of training that we call our two week water. And that's where we kind of finish them up in the water, get them steady shot, steady boat, steady blinds, retrieving real live mallard ducks, multiple retrieves in and out of the decoys is what we'll be. That's what we do in the, we have those guys come back in the summertime where in the summertime we run a, we run, um, we do all the land water, everything all in one shot. In the wintertime, we break it up a little bit, obviously just to keep the doors open. And, um, and then now we just get the dogs back in the summertime. How old are you, Andrew? 30. I turned 32 in January. You will turn 32. Yep. 31 right now. So you see yourself doing this all the way into your 50s, 60s? You got a passion for it that will keep you training dogs for your entire career? I hope so. I don't know how to do anything else. I've been doing that since I've been in high school. So it's, uh, I honestly, I'm a little bit good with woodworking, but other than that, I don't want to do that for a living. So I, uh, I absolutely love what I do every single solitary day. It's not, I'm not going to work. The only thing I hate about my job and I tell this to everybody is it's like owning a dairy farm. I can't leave on Friday and come back on a Monday and start over. You know what I mean? You gotta, I can, but I gotta make sure like when we're gone at seven 30 in the morning, we're calling our employees. Hey, you there, um, you know, are you up? Are you there? You know, making sure that they're there to let the dogs out, feed the dogs, clean the, you know, clean the kennel, um, and then train the dogs while we're gone as well too. So it just, you always have that over your head, like, are they going to show up, you know, and you got all that in the back of your mind, which we have knock on wood. Our staff right now is the best I've ever had. I mean, they are, they're awesome and they all have a passion for it and love it. And, um, so I'm trying to do everything my manpower to keep those guys around as well too. Cause they're here. They're here usually five, 10 minutes early every day. Heck yeah. So you have, to, you have to have, <clears throat> it's kind of like owning a restaurant in a way to where you have to have so much trust of what's going on in that yep. kennel situation. In any any business that you own, you want to trust your employees. But when your reputation on the line, and then on top of that, even more importantly, the health and safety and security of these dogs oh, yeah. is everything. You can't have an employee drop the ball, not show up, not feed them, not water them, not clean the kennel. Yeah, miss Let, something. Lock, lock everything up, make sure it's secure so nothing can get out. Da, 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 da. I mean, it's on down. Like it's a, it can cause some anxiety and stressful, I, I assume. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, and there are dogs too. They can get hurt. They can get sick. They can get, you know, a dog can run a fever. You know, the, we get, you got to be able to see that. Um, and, you know, we take notes and charts and everything like, hey, Bubba, he's ate every day that he's been here, but now, um, you know, he's been here for two weeks and now he skipped a meal, you know, okay, we, we got to watch him. We got to temp him. We got to uh, make sure he's all right. Um, you know, or the next dog is crazy 24 seven or hyper, you know what I mean? And one day it's just laying around, you know, Hey, we got to get him to the vet or get him checked out, make sure he's, he's all up to power. Um, just trying to keep him ha- happy, healthy, and safe is uh, a whole nother job itself. Yeah. hundred percent. So do you find yourself stressed out a lot with this livelihood? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's every day, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're back in the day dogs weren't, um, you know, you'd got them out during hunting season and they stayed in the kennel. So it wasn't as, wasn't as bad where nowadays these dogs are, they, they love their dogs more than they love their own kids. I swear sometimes. And, um, you know, so you want to make sure that that dog is happy for one thing, not scared, not nervous, you know, eating good, you know, staying healthy. And that's kind of a, um, you know, something I take a lot of pride in as I want to do everything I can to keep that dog happy, healthy, and safe. And it's, it's, uh, it's tough. That's a whole nother stress, stressful environment is, uh, that's the only thing I hate about my job is just it's seven days a week and you got to, you know, trying to keep everybody healthy. 
they're just like kids, you know, you come home one day, they're great. And the next day they have a cold, you know what I mean? So it's, you gotta do everything you can to keep them happy, healthy, and safe. Are you looking to have kids pretty soon now that you're married? I want kids. She wants to wait a year or two. Throw it up to me. We'd we'd be having a kid on the way right now. I want to get them rolling. I need some really? more trainers around. <laughs> oh, you automatically no. assume they're going to want to stay in that lifestyle. No, no, I'll never force them. Um, that's just always my joke. No, I want to get kids. I don't want to be an old grandpa. I always say, you know, like my dad, he's, he has grandkids right now and he's constantly with them, playing with them. And I was like, man, I kind of want, you know, I don't want to be an old crippled up guy too, when it comes time to having grandkids too. So I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. You're still pretty young, dude. 31 young. How old were you when you had your daughter? Uh, she was born in 2010. So I don't know. <laughs> 36 okay it's like a little bit a while ago yet but yeah. yeah and we're used to pulling all-nighters right now with our puppies and all that stuff so i'm like we might as well throw a baby in that mix otherwise we're gonna be out of shape come time for that yeah i understand all that it just it just seems like that's you know you're so busy with these dogs and then i, I ask because you had kids <laughs> on top of that now yeah I mean, yeah, it's be... it helps that Raylan's here full time. You know, she doesn't have a different job that she goes to. So that's kind of why we did all that as well, too. Like, obviously, there's a lot of days where she doesn't have much going on um, where she could have a job. But it's uh, kind of one of those things is we're just trying to prepare ourselves when we have kids where me, dad would have to. I got to I got to keep working where she can take the kids out and have fun with them. And then I can, you know, after work, I'll go do whatever dads do, I guess. But. Uh, we got a while yet. We're we're talking probably probably two years from now is kind of our goal we're shooting for. We'll be right back with more of the Foul Life podcast. We have my boy Andrew Wildacre Kennels up in Minnesota. He's got one of our dogs, Slash, up there. We're going to talk about Slash a little bit more. We are going to get in to the Yukonuba Premium Performance Diet, the new Puppy Pro, what Andrew and his kennel is observing and experiencing with the Yukonuba Nutritional Program. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of the Foul Eye Podcast. In the meantime, please listen to these messages brought to you by our partners and sponsors. So let's talk Slash for a second. Yeah. I got to see this dog. I got to get him in my hands. I kind of feel like you're hoarding him from me <laughs> and you're not oh, letting no. me have my dog, Andrew. Nope. You can have him whenever you want. I want Slash. He's how's awesome. He, how's he doing? He's doing really good. He's... uh totally totally uh um into into the duck hunting part of it he is it, this is his what be, is he now three or four he's three he, he's really dialed in now you know what i mean like that's i always say like their first year they stink they suck the second year they're a little bit better the third year they're like a robot they just figured it all out and um he's uh this year he's really dialed in is is um blind retrieves all that stuff has has uh been very 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 happy with him very happy he's just uh he's a little thinner right now we've been running him hard so he's a little bit he's always been a thinner th dog he doesn't he has a high metabolism he it's hard to keep weight on him Art, what can we expect from slash as far as moving on do you think he's a dog that we want to move on to the next phase of his 
his training career? Do we want him in the hunt test? Do we want him to get qualified in all of this uh, with master hunter and all that? Slash has extremely good bloodlines. He slash is an extremely good dog. Yeah. I mean, he, he would pass all those tests with flying colors. No problem. I don't, I don't, I don't see a problem at all. You know, you can't, he doesn't take much. You don't have to fry him on a collar. You don't have to do any of that. He's, he doesn't, he's pretty easy going. He doesn't whine. He doesn't bark. He doesn't. I probably heard slash bark twice in his life. He doesn't bark. Do, you, do we want a dog that barks when, let me ask you this about dogs. I have a dog Duff that barks in excitement. He barks in nervosa. He hears the gate open barks. He hears the door of the house open barks. Um, is this a good trait to have? They're not considered a guard dog. Do you, but I, if I'm being honest and completely transparent, it annoys the hell out of me that he barks every chance that he gets and I can't get it out of him. It's like put a bark collar on him, <clears throat> you know, it'll get him and he'll stop his bark early. But then as soon as it's off, he barks he's again. right back. It's just right yep. back again. Like, is this, is it normal for me to be annoyed with it or should I just uh, accept that, that it's part of this dog's personality? No, hundred percent. It's uh, I, I get annoyed with it. You know, I'm, I'm all right with, um, you know, somebody pulling in the driveway and the dog barks twice or three times, you know, just woof, woof, just alert, alerting me that, Hey, somebody's pulling in. I kind of like that. But after about three barks, you, you better be quiet. You know what I mean? You don't need to continue barking or um, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, with cars rolling in, um, I like the barking, but people walking into my house, stuff like that. Um, you know, if you want to do like a bark or two, that's fine. But if you continue to bark, well, then we got to get that fixed. So it's the continuation that you need to be worried about or concerned. That's what about. I don't like. You know, everybody's different. Um, but I don't like the continuous barking. And I will never like whining. Never. I, will not, I hate, I, will, oh, I hate hunting with a dog that whines in like a blind or anything like that. That just drives me crazy. There's nothing. I, people guy, you're so critical. I'm like, no, I just like to be a well around, well-trained, yeah. polite, well-mannered dogs that get it. Uh, and all, get my, it. all of my dogs know is if you whine once, you don't, they'll literally, I'll, let's say we're at the pond training out of a duck boat. Um, if they whine once, I will literally put a leash on them, walk them. They have to be on a leash. There's a reason why I do that is so they can't run or even like be a little bit excited. And they go right into the dog trailer and then I make them watch everybody else. And then I'll go put them away for that day and just teaching them that if you're going to whine, you don't, you don't get no rewards. You don't get to have any fun. Um, but then as soon as you are quiet, you get to have the world's greatest time. You know what I mean? I so wonder I if a dog that. can tell he or she's getting disciplined for whining or barking. Right. It's um, because it's they, always it, the aftermath. Like if they have a bark car, the caller, they feel it. If they don't and they bark and then you try to discipline them after, I don't know if they're really getting that discipline through their head that, Hey, it was for that bark or it was right. for that whining and squealing. Is it? Uh, that's why with dog training, you got to be sharp. Yeah. As soon as it's happening, you got to be on it. You know what I mean? You can't do it like, three minutes after it or anything like that. But if they're barking and you, I, I like to grab their muzzle quiet. Um, if you're doing it kind of right in action, then yeah, you can nip it in the butt. Right. Me, right a, lot right of people, away. a lot of people argue against me. You know, I'm not the world's greatest trainer in the world, but um, I have a, I have a kind of a strong feeling that, you know, it, it is passed down generation to generation. You know, if the mom and dad whined or barked, you know, their, their son will whine and bark. You know what I mean? I, I kind of feel like, um, you know, it can be passed down genetic, genetically. 
in a sense, like I said, a lot of people argue against me. That's just my opinion. Um, but I just feel like if the mom's a whiner or the dad's a whiner, like pretty hardcore that, you know, not all the puppies in the next litter will be whiners or barkers, but I guarantee there'll be one or two that do it. For sure. So. Yeah, I don't, I become so critical of dogs and it's because of being around you and Brad and Renee mm -hmm. and other trainers. And it's just like, when you get around a good one, you don't want to be around a bad one. No. And people don't like hearing that. They think that you got to love every dog and right. every pet. And there's such thing as a good pet. Like I don't want an ill-mannered pet. Like I, right. it wears me out to be around a dog owner that just sits there and lets it happen. And I'm just like, that's not excusable. It's just nope. not. Nope. They are. You got to be, you know, and a lot of people don't realize it either, but dogs like discipline. I'm not talking, when I say discipline, I'm not talking, you whack them across the side of the head every single solitary time. That is not what I'm talking about, but dogs like to be told what to do. They like to have a job. They like to be, you know, disciplined when a dog acting out, that's because you're not paying attention. You're not giving them that, you know, discipline that they, they are driven to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, they like to have a job to do every single solitary day. They like to have that discipline and that, that, that tells that dog that you're, you're, they're paying attention to you. They're focused on you and they're, and you're getting that dog gets attention. And um, that's what dogs strive on. Yeah, I lab. couldn't agree more. I like hearing that dogs like to be disciplined. I mean, I want to be disciplined in life. I want yeah, to make the right like, decisions and develop the good habits. Just like us, you know, we like that challenge in life, you know, it was like me starting this business. It was, it was tough at first still is, but you know, it's that drive of, you know, the greatest part about being in my position, what I absolutely love about it is um, just like um, last weekend, we had all of our check-in check-out weekend. So when those people checked in those dogs, they, um, when they checked all in, I mean, they're literally like pulling their hair out. Like I can't handle this dog anymore. Well, I really hope this works and everything. And then they come in and then we do lessons with them to teach them how to run their dogs once they get them home. And I mean, the smiles on their faces is priceless. That is what I strive to do and what keeps me going every single solitary day. And, you know, I had a guy tell me one time, he goes, Andrew, he goes, I brought you a clump of clay and you took this clump of clay for 10 weeks and you turned it into art. You know, that hit me pretty hard. I was like, that's, a, that was, that meant a lot to me. And he goes, I, you literally, I was about ready to get rid of this dog. Now this dog go everywhere with me. And it's just having a well-trained dog, you know, is the best thing ever. It's, you can take him places, you know, everybody likes to have a dog. Um, but when you don't have one that's under control, then you're like, well, maybe I don't want to bring the dog or maybe I don't want to bring it on this hunt when I'm going out with my buddies. Cause I don't, I don't trust it. I don't want to ruin the hunt. Well, get it trained and then, you know, bring your dog with, and you both get to have fun. You know what I mean? It's, I uh, firm believer, not just, not just because I'm a trainer, but having a well-trained dog is happy household, in my opinion. 100%. Like, I can't agree more. And I, there, there's just the right way for a dog to act. And I don't like the leniency by dog owners. Um, yeah. If I'm at your house and I'm on your hunt, then that's up to you. But I still get critical. Oh, yeah. I still look at it like, man, sloppy dog, sloppy truck, sloppy room, sloppy yard. I just start assuming things like, well, yeah. there, there's got to be a way that you got to get it through your head that this dog deserves to be better to reach his or her full capabilities and potential that they were put on this earth to do. And you're not, you're not allowing that to happen. And I just, I look, I don't look down at, I don't look down my nose at, I don't want to be condescending. I don't, I don't want to be the dog bully or the dog snob, but man, when you get around a good dog, there's no excuse to ever have a dog not live up to his or her full potential. In my opinion. No, not at all. Well, I always tell everybody is, 
you know, when your dog has the potential to be a doctor or a lawyer or, or anything like that, never hold them back, you know, and they got a free education. And let's say you're going to, you're going to push your kid in every which direction to go that route. To, so they're successful and they're, you know, they're well off. And uh, why, why hold your dog back? You know, yeah, why hold it back? Why? I mean, get it up, get it out there let it yep. thrive. Um, the, the happy part of the dog comes a lot with the nutrition, the food, you're getting great results out of the Yukonuba premium performance still had. Did you get to feed the puppy performance to any younger dogs or we, what do you see with Yukonuba? The the new puppy, um, we got it coming. So we have a litter due November 14th. Um, so that'll be our first go around with it. Um, with us getting married and everything this year, we held off on a lot of puppies just because we had a lot going on in life. Um, and we had some, we had a bad storm roll through that really threw a rent shit ripped off like the roof of our house, et cetera. Um, so we had a lot of, uh, problems go on this year on top of getting married. So we cut back on a lot of our litters, but now it's firing back up. So we got Bailey bread and uh, she's due November 14th. So that's when we're, we're, we get our kind of our first look at this. Uh, you know, we've seen it, we've did uh, meetings with the Yukonuba to you know, go over it all um, or the little chats that they do online. And um, it seems like it's going to be something pretty special. It really is. I've gotten good results out of it with Izzy and every trainer and every kennel I've talked to just thrives for the new puppy performance. Um, we talk about the cost of dog food and, and, and how we should not cut corners. Duck hunters, goose hunters were known for not cutting corners. We're gear fanatics, but we have to keep telling people like, yeah, th this dog food has a little bit higher of a price tag on it, but here's the results you get for an average of this much spend per day your dog is going to get the benefits of a biologically, scientifically proven, nutritionally, you know, developed food that Yukonuba has done all the legwork. Now all we got to do is just feed, feed the dog <laughs> and, yeah, they, and, they, and their coats, their teeth, their gums, their yeah. personality, their disposition. They just absolutely love Yukonuba. Yep. We just had a customer. Like I said, we just had that group. We go home last week. This is no joke. Um, they had a dog named Maverick. Maverick was a chocolate lab and a um, um, Australian Shepherd mix. Okay, um, we actually trained him for hunting. He was he was actually this dog was pretty badass. Not gonna lie. Anyways, the lady we had the dog for twelve weeks. Uh, we did a two week burning gun and then whatever we had it for twelve weeks. She came at week eleven to do the lesson, you know, so we can start training the family in, and um, she goes how did his coat change so much? She goes like, what, what did you guys do? Did you guys bathe him daily or and what'd you guys do to get his coat so shiny? And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, that's just Yukonuba. That's all it is. I go, we didn't do nothing. I go, all we did was fed that dog Yukonuba. And she was just blown away. She, she ended up calling me up. She goes, Hey, I can't find, um, fleet farm is out of Yukonuba right now. And I'm like, come here and I'll, I'll sell you three bags. So she came here and she bought three bags from us then. And, um, she goes, I'll never feed anything different. And I was kind of like, it was just, um, the, the true coat color that Yukonuba brings out is what I'm most mind blown of. And the, the keeping the teeth cleaned is another thing. That's, I won't feed any other dog food and I don't get paid from Yukonuba. I, I pay full price for a pallet of dog food. So it's, uh, and I'll keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, if there's not a better testimony in the world. I mean, if there is, I've never heard it. I mean, you just said it yourself. Like you have the choice to buy any dog food you want, but you oh, yeah. are a true believer in this nutritional diet program brought to you by Yukonuba premium performance and 
I, it speaks for itself. I have, oh, yeah. I mean, every dog I've ever seen is so happy and just performs day in and day out. And then you can just tell, man, the way that they attack that food bowl, they're just, they love it. They just, they yeah. love you can do it too much, you know? And like us in a kennel scenario, all the trainers and know what I'm talking about, but it, it is extremely hard for us to keep weight on dogs, you know, cause we're running constantly all day, every day. And, um, I fed a lot of different dog foods in my past and, um, um, that's what I, what I really like about the Yukonuba too, is we, we've cut our weight loss problem in half by switching to Yukonuba. I mean, half, I mean, we're at, when, when we had a group of dogs, I mean, mostly all of them would go home skinny till now we're down to like three or four only going home skinny. And them are your, your short hairs or your pointing dogs that are they're they're That's just the breed. They're just, they're skinny dogs. And, um, so, I mean, to cut it that much is what, what really helps me out tremendously you're not doing diarrhea or anything like that it's it's uh and they're not pooping you know 12 times a day either and uh, that's what i like about it most of them are two to three times a day and that we can keep training we're not just sitting there watching your dog go to the bathroom so it's really helps us out tremendously yeah big time yeah the stools everything that i've heard the research that we've done and the literature and the classes online and the conversations and the chats that you can provides I mean, they just get it they just mm-hmm. it's it's a non-stop research funnel when you work with you can they never stop trying to improve no. the 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 life the livelihood of the dogs uh, no the- never and they're they're open i mean you see them at game fairs they're constantly supporting every hunting event dog um, trial field trial anything like that they're always there supporting it and um you know backing everything up and they're there and it's that's what i really like about it too is like their support system you call them anything any questions boom they're on it they're talking to you they're 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 answering any question you have sending you things to try out if you if you're having any issues anything they're on top of it that's why we have andrew wildacre kennels on the yukonuba duck dogs podcast series right here at the foul life podcast andrew thank you Keep kicking, you know what? Keep listening to country music. I bet you if I'm a betting man, which I tend to be being from this part of the country in Nevada, you're probably going to have one to three bush lights in the next few hours as it turns afternoonish in Minnesota. Is this fair to say? Would I win the bet, Andrew? 100%. You won the bet. Yeah. I won the come, bet. Come six o'clock, that's bush light time. Bush latte. Do they call Tre- it latte in Minnesota? Do they call it Bush Latte, Minnesota, or is that only in the Dakotas? No, they call it Bush Latte, Bush Light, Bush everything. It's... Bush Chevy. They love their Bush beer. That's yeah. Andrew Wildacre Kennels, the Yukonuba Duck Dogs podcast series. Brought to you by Premium Performance, Puppy Performance, Yukonuba. Telling you, that's why we bring you these conversations. It's not a paid endorsement. This is a lifestyle. This is a culture. It's a way of life duck hunting dog training sporting dogs i absolutely i just dropped this but um we uh thrive in the duck woods can you hear that andrew oh yeah sounds great Check that call out. That's kind of pretty, huh? Oh, wow. What kind of design is that? 
That's the new Casey Underwood Design Realtree Max 7 Live Duck by Jargon. Look at that artwork on it. All the mallards coming in there. It's got artwork on the insert. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to get the new single read Jargon. It's all <laughs> in my cart right now. The Mega 4. Yep. You can Uba, Duck Dogs podcast series. Andrew, check out Wild Acre Kennels on Instagram at Wild Acre Kennels. Get some merch. Support this man. If you're in the Minnesota area or anywhere in the country, contact Andrew at Wild Acre Kennels. Info at Wild Acre Kennels online. Look into his breeding programs, his training programs, his obedience, his higher level gun dog training programs. He is the man. He's got our slash up there. You know, we name all of our dogs after Guns and Roses. We got Axel with Brad Arrington and Mossy Pawn. We have Slash with Andrew. We have Duff here that was trained by Andrew. And let me tell you, Andrew, Duff has been killing it this season. Went to Texas on Teal, went to New York for the Molt Migrator Canada Goose season. Absolutely blew everybody away with his casts, his marks, his blinds, picking up big, heavy Canadas. And I'm talking tired. 12 days of picking up 10-pound geese. He was throttled, and he just would not give out. I'm going to send you some clips of him <coughs> complete dirt rolls going after geese, like just uh, so aggressive and just loving it. Best. Yeah, I'll send those you a couple. That's Andrew. And then we have Izzy with Renee in Indiana. We're only missing one original member of Guns N' Roses. That'd be Steven Adler. We might get another Yellow Lab someday and name her Stevie. Our first female is Izzy, though, a little black lab named after Izzy straddling the rhythm guitarist of the original lineup of Guns N' Roses from the Appetite for Destruction days. Anyway, I'm rambling on about the best band ever of all time. This has been another episode of Ukanuba's Duck Dog Podcast. Thank you, Andrew, from Wild Acre. Any closing words, my man? No, keep your dog healthy. It's getting cold out. Feed him Ukanuba. Can't go wrong. Let's get on a duck hunt. I can't wait to see you, Andrew. Tell your wife hello. Congratulations on your new marriage stay sane don't let her get on you too much with a bunch of honeydews tell her you <laughs> got to go duck hunting i'm chad belding for andrew at wildacre kennels thank you for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us right here at another episode of you Canuba's duck dog podcast we'll be back at you new episodes of benelli's the foul life airing right now where you can see a lot of these gun dogs in action airing right now on the outdoor channel benelli's the foul life season 14 we're currently on the road filming six season 15 of Benelli's the foul life. I got to pinch myself sometimes when I say that y'all take care. Listen to this song right here. It's called my foul life by the rock band 2am logic. Wow.